0: Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life.
1: Now bringing you real inspiration, you're your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to Motivation with a Purpose every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TalkZone.com. I am Rich Hallstrom. And my co-host, Zeke Bambolo, is once again by my side, and you are listening to Motivation with a Purpose, where we seek to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose, and it's going to be another great show today as we talk about the topic, the very important topic of fatherlessness in our society. Zeke, I know this is something close to your heart, and our very special guest, Dr. Mark Strong, the author of Church for the Fatherless, is going to be our main subject today, and he's got some great things to say.
2: Indeed, my brother, and you know, you, you are touching, you are striking a chord that rings so, so, so deeply in my soul as we talk about multi-generational family legacy in our, in the context of what we do as well, and, but, I, I really do think, honestly, I wrote this on Facebook this morning that I think the subject matter, the issue of fatherlessness is running through our culture and our world recklessly, with rage, and ravagingly. And, uh, and we, we, we are, a lot of us are blind to the fact of what is happening, but at the same time, it is so blatant now that the the emphasis of the impact negative impact it is causing on the culture cannot be avoided, cannot be ignored it 's just too serious, too grave an issue. so we are certainly on a very very dear topic of mine uh, to my heart and i 'm sure yours and and many of our listeners so we 're going to be sharing some wonderful things today, and Dr. Strong is right on the cusp of this whole this you know innovative ideas of what 's going on and what his actions and are in terms of addressing this topic. So you got me on fire already, and you can believe it, man. I'm here with you for another wonderful show today.
1: One of one of the things I'm really looking forward to when we talk to Doctor Strong is exploring their definition of fatherhood and how that affects fatherlessness. And do we really see that the right way? So I think that's going to be another key point. That I'm going to try to bring out and I know you have some questions Zeke all ready to go for Dr. Strong. But at this time we want to remind you to stay tuned to Talk Zone every week for motivation with a purpose and get in contact with us on Facebook at MWP Radio AM or MWP Radio Man on Twitter. And once again, right here on Talk Zone. Dot .com every week 11am Pacific Time 2pm Eastern Time and then before we get on to our guest uh, Dr. Strong uh, I want to take a moment of your time if you are an avid listener of Motivation with a Purpose we want you to know about Mission to Main Street a contest put on by Chase Bank to help some of the nation's best small businesses accomplish their goals Now, right on the front of the Motivation with a Purpose radio page, there is a Vote Now icon. We are looking for 250 loyal listeners of the Motivation with a Purpose radio show to back us to help us win a $250,000 grant from Chase Bank so we can help continue to inspire people to live and work with purpose no matter what they're doing. Once again, go to the front page of Motivation with a Purpose and right there on Talk Zone and give us your vote so we can continue to inspire and challenge people to live and work for it. Live and work and make a difference in the world around them. Or you can go to our Facebook page at MWP Radio AM or we have a link on Twitter also to the contest. So check us out in all those areas and vote for motivation with a purpose. Zeke, what do you think?
2: Man, I, I will so much love an opportunity for us to win this contest and get that chance because I believe with, we are committed to taking this impact of the culture that we have began here to another level and if when you have that kind of backing you can do some amazing things for the Lord and for and for this this uh uh, uh, uh this program but certainly certainly indeed for this culture uh we bring some tremendous guests on here uh and uh, just an opportunity to go out there and say let's let's reach i mean just take for example today's show How powerful a show this can be if we have a chance to now become more of a syndicated platform in a a lot of areas and allow this show to do much more than we are already doing. And we are thankful for where we are right now. But, folks, we want to grow with you. So please go and submit your vote and push us over the top so that we can be in the the, uh, the midst of this uh, contest and have a great chance to win that grant.
1: With that in mind, it's now my pleasure to introduce our very special guest, Dr. Mark Strong. Fatherlessness has reached epidemic levels. Forty percent of children in the U.S. will go to bed tonight in a home without a father. Studies show that people without fathers are at a much higher risk for low educational performance, drug abuse, crime, and poverty. Dr. Mark Strong has served as lead pastor at Life Change Christian Center in Portland, Oregon. Since 1988, Dr. Strong's passion is to strengthen and equip people to accomplish God's purposes in their life. Once again, the topic of fatherlessness is very close to his heart. He is the author of Church for the Fatherless, a ministry model for society's most pressing problem. And now we welcome Dr. Mark Strong to the Motivation with a Purpose radio show. Dr. Strong, good morning.
0: Good morning, uh, Rich and Zeke. How are you you fellas doing today?
1: We are doing great. Uh, Give us a definition of fatherlessness so we can kind of wrap our heads around our topic today.
0: Basically, uh, fatherlessness is um, the problem of uh, young boys, young girls uh, growing up in the home without a dad present. So the the uh, that that's the core of it, but the ramifications also impact people that have uh, either uh, grown up with, the, with a father that has been present or either a father that has been uh, inadequate or inept or maybe a father that's present but not there. So it's uh, I guess just to kind of sum it up it would be uh, growing up without an adequate father.
2: Rich, I was talking to you a bit yesterday, and as we're preparing for the show, and Dr. Strong, again, it's so great to hear your voice, by the way, and thank you for being on the show with us. My pleasure. But, uh, Rich, I was talking to you, and you had an, you had an impression yesterday that you said that you've run across people, and I want you to try to argue, I'm gonna try, but I want you to emphasize it for us before we put it to Dr. Strong. You said there are people that you have known who, who think, they know that, I mean, they, they will say, I have never, I haven't had a father around, but it's no big deal, I'm okay. Can you, can you articulate that for us a little bit, Rich? And then see how Dr. Doctor Strong can, can emphasize what we're talking about there. Do you remember that, Rich? Yes. Yeah,
1: Zeke, I can definitely uh, piggyback on that opening. I appreciate that very much. And I actually had that written down in my notes as of, as the phrase, I don't miss my father. It's never really affected me. And what I'm trying to get to with that, uh, line of questioning dr strong is that i have had a lot of conversations with people that say well i think it was a good thing that my father was not in my life because he was involved in x y and z and it just taught me how to be a more uh self-reliant person what do you say to th- what do you say to that i th- i think that they're hiding they're hiding something and not necessarily being honest with themselves. Yeah. What do you I think, think, Dr. Strong?
0: I, I think a, a good example would be like, say if a, per, if a person, they grew up in a uh, a, a poverty, poverty-stricken poverty um, environment where um, trying to find food, um, proper health care, uh, and just basic necessities was very, very, very difficult. Survival was at a premium. Okay, you may hear a a one or two people out of that environment say, well, we overcame, we did such and such, and we were fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's great, and that's wonderful. But what about if you have 100 people, the two that made it, what about the 98 that did not? And so while, while some people may do okay without a father present, the research and statistic, and then even just from my own experience uh, working with people as a pastor for over 25 years being uh, active in our community, uh, traveling across the nation and even different places in the world, I've seen that the impact of not having a father present or, like we said, an inadequate father is very, very uh, uh, detrimental and creates what we call a father wound in the lives of many people. And so uh, children are affected by it, teenagers are affected by it, but then you have people in their in their 60s or 70s or 80s that will still lament over not having a father in their life and so I think sometimes if you know there may be people that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that that's not the case but there may be people that say I'm doing fine but they have never really just sit back to really evaluate um, maybe some pain that may be covered up some pain that may uh, uh, be there but we know that the best scenario would have been even though they learn how uh, uh, to be a good father I mean, to, to be a good person by the bad example that their father set, how much better would it have been if that father had taught them and been present in their life to give them all the emotional comfort, the uh, psychological reinforcement, the spiritual reinforcement that they need for their life? How much better would that have been if that father was you know, on his game?
2: Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Strong, I think what you're striking at that, what people should realize is that, again, the, the phrase is, a fish doesn't know how, how important water it is until it's out of water, right? And then sometimes we, we get into that coping mechanism. And, uh, we, we just move along and we're trilling and we got the bright smiles on our faces. But, uh, you and I kind of resonate at the heart here because, you know, when I, when we, when I hear that, you know, especially this whole issue of father, and I think much like you, if you can, emphasize, you can probably confirm, but, for me, I was fortunate to have a very great father in my life, great father and mother. But I had a great father in my life who was very prominent and very clear about what my role, what my, what his children's uh, future would look like. And he did everything to design that deliberately and work for it. So I'm not one that comes from one of the horrible stories. I come from one of the great stories. But yet and still, no doubt, I see the difference as I've played ball in my life, in sports through college and everything else. I've seen the impact. Uh, and so um, – I, I tend to say people don't also realize, and I, I've got, you've got situations too, as we talk about fathers who may be absent even, they're around the home, but they're not very involved, yeah. and the long term, we talk about the damage that they did not realize that they're leaving on the legacy of that family long term, and don't even realize that, especially as we speak of this from a biblical context, that the devil is, atta- is attacking that home, and yeah. there's no clue that warfare is on you know There's, that's a, i mean that's that that's a, that's a big uh, that's so understated in our culture if
0: I can put it that way would you agree yeah I, I agree with you and i think you know just that you know we we understand from a biblical point of view you know we're not you know you know take the the premise that there's a a, a devil or a demon under every tree but yet but yet we know that our we, we do have an enemy of our souls and we also have an enemy that that is that does not like you know the the family, and so what we what we've seen in in America. Um, I, in fact, not just in America. I, I did a radio interview in Australia, and uh, they were interviewing me about over about my book. And I told the uh, uh, the host, I said, I, I want to let you know that most of my studies and most of the statistics and things I have in my book are uh, pretty much based from you know uh, the U.S. And he says, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Mark. Well, the reality of it is, is, is the problem of fatherlessness. Fatherlessness is just as epidemic here as it is in the U.S. And so, you know, we, we, we have an enemy that fights family structures. And so, what 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 uh, the enemy's intent is is he wants to make the abnormal normal. And so, it's it's normal to have a father and a mother. It's normal to be able to have that. But now our society has come to a place where what should be normal is, you know, is is uh, is abnormal, and so we. Uh, the other day I was watching a TV program uh, on a channel, and these uh, young people were expressing themselves in poetry, and so one young man was just real passion So he was speaking uh, uh, poetry, and he was talking about his father, and he was saying how that uh, his father was there when he needed him, and his father uh, taught him how to do this, and his father how how taught him how to do that and then at the end of at the end of his poem he says um, the father that I always needed is sitting right there and she's my mother mm. and so in reality the young man never had a father present in his life so the very fact that he's he's sharing this pain and he's sharing this frustration even though he's given his mother the props that she rightfully deserves, He's still expressing a void that was present in his life, because otherwise, if that wasn't the case, he wouldn't even have to have a conversation or probe that deep or something like that. But what is abnormal is becoming normal, and uh, we know that God so desperately wants to change that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dr. Strong, just as even you mentioned, give it a little bit of the international flair, because we know we want to make sure that people realize it's not just a United States problem, it's a world problem. Exactly. When we look at this, you know, it is indeed what well, we don't want to drip and make a, a a big scene. It is a male issue, and, and a, male, a male, in, in both respects, because when you say about the international issue, I think about the trafficking, sexual trafficking and everything, yeah. and you have men who are the perpetrators because they're a, Preying on young people, especially young women who don't have fathers in their lives, and that is a worldwide international problem that we're talking about, and not just something that sits just around the U.S. Although we know there's trafficking here as well, but trafficking around the world, uh, we then pretty much can be turned into a form of slavery, is a massive thing because of the absence of fathers or the negligence in terms of protective nature of fathers. So you're striking something that is a worldwide situation, no doubt. Um, And so, Rich, uh, you have something to add there, would you?
1: I definitely do. Dr. Strong, if you were to give someone a proper definition of what a father should be, what would that definition be?
0: I would say, uh, most important, a father is a person that needs just to be, to be present. Um, you know, not, not a perfect individual because we know none of us are perfect, but a father is a, a father is one that's, that's to be pre- present, uh, supportive, uh, loving, um, able to, uh, bring, you know, correction and protection, you know, in, in a, in a, in a right way. And, uh, you know, a father's going to be there to, uh nourish and nurture, you know, their children. And um a, a friend of mine, you know, what he says is that God has created a a uh, a, a father-sized hole in each one of our hearts and kids need that dad to fu- you know to fu- you know to fulfill that. And the interesting thing is like, you know, in the United States prior to World War II, um uh, with the exception of some of uh some things that, with the African American community, slavery, uh the majority of fathers that left the home left the home by dying. So they, when they died, that's when they left the home, and that brings mm-hmm. on that. That's a whole other set of that. That brings on a whole nother way to deal with the with the with the problem of the dad being gone. Because at least that way, the kid can say, "My father was with me." They're able to mourn the father properly, and so forth. But after World War II, so many people had to go to war that some of the fathers never did come back. And so in America, that's kind of when this this uh, uh, exodus from the home began. And so the, the men left home not because of death, but because basically of voluntary, you know, abandonment. And so as time's gone on, we see the decay of marriage and so forth and those kind of things, and they just contribute. Um, they, they, they contribute to that. And so I think that by just by a father just being present, being loving, not perfect, but being available for his kids just to give and to share life with them is so very, very important. I think that's just a good you know good definition of a father, a father's responsibility roles, I should say.
1: We'll be back with more on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose after this timeout.
0: You're listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts,
1: Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo.
0: Yes,
2: yes, indeed. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose here on TalkZone.com. We're talking about the issue of fatherlessness in the culture today. And with us, we have Dr. Mark Strong, uh, a great author and uh, leader in our community who is pushing very hard against the invasion the fatherless uh, uh, in our culture here but Dr. Strong I want to just bring you back as we come back to the show to give an opportunity to tell us about you know you've given us some great word already but how did you get inspired
0: to get involved in in this fight okay um, I, I'm a pastor and probably about uh, uh, started passion about 25 years ago and so I've been you know growing up in the community and and uh, where I passed I up in that community And I just, you know, observed people's lives and I've, you know, just kind of seen different behaviors, uh, little kids that respond, you know, different kind of ways. But I never really could identify what it was I was seeing. So uh, we had purchased a a building that we were going to remodel to our church. And so what we did was we had a a group of uh, our leaders. Probably about 20 people. We had uh, people of different uh, age groups, so probably from I'd say from 70 to about maybe um, 18, uh, male, female, black, white, Hispanic. And so what we were, what we did, we had uh, walked around the building and and uh, we were just kind of looking around and looking around the building, wrote some scriptures on the walls and so forth. And then we made a circle as we got ready to conclude, and everyone held hands. And so while we were holding hands, I just whatever reason, I looked up around the circle at the face of the people who were praying. As I looked around the circle, the thought came to my mind, no father, no father, no father, no father. Uh, Without exaggeration, about 80% of the people in that group either had no no father present in their life growing up, or they had a father that was uh, inadequate, or they had a father that was uh, maybe abusive or just not there. And... For me that was kind of my Eureka moment that this was a real problem. And so what I did at the time I was doing my doctoral studies and I was actually working on another another thesis and I felt like uh before I can really try to address the problem I was working on with my thesis, I need to address this problem. And mm-hmm. so basically uh I was made aware of it just out of my own uh Ministerial context, but then as I begin to study and as I begin as my eyes just begin to be open uh, in regards to the problem, I begin to see was it was, uh, it was uh, way more widespread than just our own little local congregation. But it was it's a it was a problem that's uh, affecting our city, our community, and not just ours, but cities across our
1: nation as well. Dr. Strong, what do you think is the biggest misconception or misconceptions about fatherlessness in our society?
0: I, I think that, you know, that, you know, from the media, the way the media looks at it, um, I think that it's almost like a, a father could be like a non-essential. You know, we just have, you know, our society uh, just kind of has a way of deeming what's important and what's not important. And when, you know, when you look at the fact that uh, you know, we believe that uh, we're here by divine design, divine purpose. In the beginning, God created uh, Adam, and He created Eve, and he, he gave a child a father, and He gave a child a mother. And so those were, those are those parents are ne- um, necessities. And I think that when a, when a culture begins to uh, believe and is persuaded that uh, one is not necessary. I think that's just a, 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 a slippery road to go down. And, you know, we may not see the, the total impact or the fruits of that, you know, right away. But down the road, they become even more pervasive. But I think there are many things that we're seeing now uh, that, that that's just not a good way to go. Because, you know, we work uh, here in Portland, we work uh, uh, extensively with our police department, with the district attorney's office. We work with our uh, with our uh, judicial system, and the majority of young men that we're working with, or the they we, were, uh, outreaching to the majority of these men have no fathers in their lives,
1: no fathers. Mm. Doctor so can- Strong, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Doctor Strong. Ahead. Continue, continue. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Rich. Your turn. No, pro- no problem. No <laughs> problem. Your comment about the media earlier brought something to mind just now. When I think of what I see in the media as far as father figures or father examples, you know, and this is very, very sad to say. Uh the first one that comes to mind that's very popular, Homer Simpson. Um, or uh the family guy. Uh and it just surprises and it just surprises me. That we think of that as entertainment. Do you have any thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I think you know, I I think there's a place for humor and there's a place for fun. But the question you have to ask yourself is, how many shows do we have now? Like you know, in the 50s, 60s, or probably more. But how many shows do we have now where the father is not placed in a, a light of buffoonery, you know, where he's not like this moral idiot that can't really tell his left hand from his from his right hand. And I think that some of that does contribute to how we, how we view fathers. I know in my, uh, in my book, on page 96, I do like a biblical overview of a father's responsibility and children's needs. And there are like nine responsibilities that a father um, has, you know, from uh, uh, being loving and merciful, you know, imitating the attributes of God, uh, embracing and modeling justice, you know, assume a responsibility for the children's uh, welfare, provide for their children's need, educate and train their children to function effectively in society, uh, aid their children in developing their relationship with God, provide discipline, encouragement, and accountability, uh, model a godly life for the child, and then form and maintain the marriage bond with the child's mother. And so just from the scriptures from Old Testament and New Testament, there are responsibilities that a father has. Like I say, he may not be perfect, but he's not going to be this, this, this jerk that's kind of just tripping, Over his big toe every time, every time that he walks. So I think that our society is not, you know, really model fathers, uh, in the light or maybe even in the context, you know, of a a marriage, of a marriage between a man and a woman in in that kind of context either. That's not something that, that we hold up.
2: Dr. Strong, we, as we're on this definition of a father, I, I want to present something. I want to take a couple of minutes to present something, and, I, and I'm, I'm speaking in Canada this weekend, and I'm speaking on the topic of fathers. Indeed, <laughs> we've been on this for the last month, you and I. It seems like, you know, going to preparing for this for this conference. You we'll talk about it here later. But yes. when I speak tomorrow, I want to give you. A, a, I'm going to do a quick. The skeleton of my talk for this weekend and, and i 'm just going to do an acrostic on father and i 'm going to run through obviously there's more to it than i 'm going to say, but when i 'm done, I want you to give me your thought on what you think i 'm presenting here how that fits about this okay. definition of father and it's and so i'll start the f we i'm going to use the word faith and uh, I, look, I look at psalms uh, seventy eight four to eight where a father must establish a life of faith in God and a firm, you know, in, uh, be a firm committed believer there, but I look at for example, romans four thirteen For the promise of Abraham to his descendants that he would be the heir of all the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, okay? Uh, the A is for abide, where abide in the Lord, you know, that our dependents will learn to abide in us as fathers being there, just knowing that, just knowing daddy's there when we learn to abide in the Lord. And uh, and so I use abide there as well. For the T, I talk about teaching. Uh, you know, we have to be in a position to be able to teach our dependents. I think it was uh, the writer, William Arthur Ward, for example, in, in and that, first of all, teaching is an, it's a critical element of, element of leadership, but he said the mediocre teacher teach tells the good teacher explains the superior teacher demonstrates but the great teacher inspires so we inspire by teaching our children uh the H will go for heritage you know in terms of understanding that uh, that legacy our responsibility that we have to bestow upon our children in a long-term aspect and uh and then we also look at e for being exemplary and the way i look at that for example this one really gets me because i looked at an opportunity to look at 2 uh, Chronicles 17, 3-5, and the Bible is talking about Jehoshaphat being a very, you know, uh, just a, a, a reckless and a, a leader for the people of Israel. Um, yet, st- excuse me, Jehoshaphat was a very good leader because he followed the footsteps of David. Yet, there was Jeroboam, another descendant, who was absolutely, you know, pretty much a waste. But let's listen to what this says in 1 King 15, 1-5 at the end. It says that I think verse four says, "But for David's sake, the Lord." his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem that's Jeroboam give Jeroboam a lamp to raise up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem because David did what was right in the sight of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except in the case of Uriah the Hittite so because of David's life as a forefather God bless even the disobedient children the descendants that follow him just the power of the longevity of a father there yeah. uh, and the last one I, I talked about is, will be the role and I I used the context of the prodigal son, having a father who just knew his role and was so, I mean, so solid in that when his son wanted to go and stray, he didn't. You know, uh, over, overpower and be, be an overbearing father. He let him have, go out there and learn. But at the same time, when that son was coming back, he was, he knew what was going to happen and he was sitting there, it, 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 so, so, some level, maybe some anxiety, but still you know, just waiting for the day that son came back. And when that son came back, he, you know, the son also knew what to expect of the father to have the courage to come back after the failing because he knew exactly what his role was as a father. That, that image is just so powerful. So, that's kind of the skeleton of what we're going to be presenting this weekend. But when you hear about those different aspects of what
0: it means to be a father, what do you think? I think that'll preach. Mm. <laughs> I'll borrow that outline. But I, I think I think you're right on. Um, I think all those things are uh, pertinent and, and they're uh, you know powerful and, the, and they you know relay the impact that a father you know has on their children. Like especially like faith. You know, one of the Old Testament. You know, rights, there are a number of rights that the father was to engage in, uh, with his children, uh, before, before God. And one was the right of, you know, circumcision. And I think we all know what, what circumcision is. Um, but, but when you look at that, not just the, the physical act of circumcision, but also the, the, the theological, um, implications of that. So here it is on a, uh, the father himself was circumcised, which represented his covenant with God. So Israel, they they were circumcised, and that was that that was their covenant. One of the uh, marks of the covenant that right. distinguished their relationship with Yahweh. And so mm-hmm. when that the father was responsible to circumcise his sons. And so when you look at that, here it is: the father makes a theological mark on his mm-hmm. uh, sons. Uh, Reproductive organ. so mm. that when that son reproduces, uh, he has that same responsibility to mark his children uh, for God. And so, when you look at faith being, you know, passed down from a father to a son or a father to a daughter, uh, we have a a whole generation where that's not happening. And so, like you know, my sons, they grow up in my house. They know that uh, you know they have a choice they have to make, but they understand that uh, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They understand that we um, love the house of God. They understand that we value the Scriptures because we place placed that mark up on them. And so as they grow and they have children, by God's grace, they'll mark their children the same way. Well, when you don't have fathers that are present or fathers that have been marked themselves, what you have is something that's going to be passed on that is, is not going to be... Uh, faith producing. Let me just give you an example here. There was a, uh, um, and it's not just it's not just uh, gang examples, but there's other things as well. Too, but let me just give you an example. There was a young man that was on TV uh, here in Portland probably, I'd say, a couple months ago, and what he did was he went downtown, uh, opened fire, shot three people. Young mm-hmm. man's about 20, 22, 23 years old. Um, after they got through explaining what this young man did, they uh, rolled the camera back a couple years showed his father. His father had done a similar thing, uh, violence, gang. The father had 25 children, so you know he wasn't involved in his boy's life. Mm. And so even though he wasn't present, he did hand something down to his son. What he handed <laughs> down to him was not good. And so it's the, it's the immediacy of what a father brings by being present but then also, like you said, Zeke, too, the heritage. Uh, fathers, what they put in their children, it goes to the following generation as well, too. And that's so very, very important to understand. Okay.
1: Dr. Strong, let's talk a little bit about how the church can uniquely impact this problem. Okay. Um, if somebody was to ask you, how can the church uniquely touch this problem?
0: I think the church... Um, uh, is poised to be able to be a a wonderful surrogate father to fatherless children. Uh, let me let me get, uh, tell you another story. We were at a at a men's retreat, and I mean, you know how guys are. Guys don't really want to, you know, show their feelings or emotions too much. You know, we kind of right. You know, every once every once in a while, you know, we'll let it we'll let a tear kind of leak out of that kind of thing, but we're not going to really put all of our emotions out there in front of everybody. So what we did was we probably had about thirty guys. And we just set, we uh, uh, formed a circle, we set a chair out in the middle of the, uh, of the circle, and we said, okay, guys, no pressure, what we're going to do is we're going to just take time, we're going to wait on the Lord, and we're going to put this chair in the middle, uh, when you feel like it, or if you want to, if you don't want to do it, don't worry about it, but this chair in the middle represents the lap of Jesus. Mm. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when you want to, just go sit in the middle of the chair, nobody's going to really be praying for you, want to just sit with quiet hearts, and you're going to sit in the lap of Jesus. So we start to do that, and, you know, guys would sit in that chair, man, they would start bawling and weeping and so forth. Well, one young man, he sits in the chair, and after maybe about two or three minutes, he starts sobbing profusely. Wow. Why doesn't he want me? Man, why doesn't he want me? Man, why doesn't my dad want me? Now, here is this young man pouring his guts out. And I mean, no one has talked to him about a father being absent or present, a father good or bad, but here he is in the presence of God, and the, the the guttural cry of his soul is, "Why doesn't my father want me?" And so we're we, you know we're looking at this, and I mean we're just we're, we're crying and we're weeping with him. So one of the guys gets up, and he he wa- gets out of his chair, walks over to the young guy wraps his arms around him and says, I'll be your dad, man. I'll, I'll be your dad. And the two of them just wept together. And I mean, they formed a relationship. Uh, uh, they uh, poured into each other's lives. But I think the church has that opportunity to be able to do that. And we also, not only, we, not only do we have the opportunity, but we also have the command to do that. You know, like James tells us, pure religion undefiled before God the Father is to care for orphans and widows uh, you know, in their affliction. And so... Yes, orphans that don't have a mother and a father, but also from a biblical sense, an orphan is a person that does not have a father as well. So we we have that mandate and that responsibility, and we can step in as surrogates and we can be able to help uh, make a difference. So there's a, there's a, the church is a I believe a, a powerful uh, way is a powerful institution that God has, has given to be able to make a difference in the lives of. Uh, the fatherless and those that have been uh, affected by that issue.
1: Dr. Strong, I've got one question before we take another break. You're right on motivation with a purpose. If um, there was a father that came to you today and said, I want to reconnect with my son or daughter. What's the first thing that I need to do to reconnect with them? What would you say?
0: Um, I would say that it, it, it depends on what that situation is because there's a, there could be a number of reasons why that father is disconnected from their from their children. Uh, let, let, let's say there are no let's let's assume that there are no other um, uh, circumstances that exist that prevent that. For example, the father's relationship with the mother, or that father has been uh, you know perverted dealing with those kids, but he's just let's say the father's just be, just uh, was just like disconnected or just detached. I would say the first thing you have to do is you just have to go and just, you know, apologize to your child and say, hey, look, I've blown it. Um, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for being disconnected, but I want to work on our relationship. Um, I remember my daughter, there was a season in my life where I was traveling traveling like crazy. Um, And so I was taking my, uh, I think she's probably in the third grade, third or fourth grade at the time. And uh, third grader, third grader i'm driving to school and I, and I say hey daddy's going to be heading out of town here for about a week and i'll see you when i get back and she looks at me and she goes don't you ever know how to say no and i mean that just blew me away because i'm thinking <laughs> first of all where would she get enough sense wow. to say something like this and i mean how would she know how to phrase those words just like that so I, i'm listening to her and then i'm also listening to the lord because i'm you know I'm thinking maybe, you know, God is speaking to me through my kid. You know, what are you doing? You know, you're going, you're traveling, you know, over here, and you're going over there, but what about your own kid? And so I had, you know, I had to just say, you know, hey, Daddy, sorry, you know, for being so busy, and uh, I'm going to work on that. And I have to be honest with you, um, I still have to do that today. I mean, there's times where, I, you know, I, I love my wife, I love my kids. I'm, I'm at home, you know, almost every day, but sometimes I get so preoccupied with my stuff that I have to just say, you know, hey, you guys, I'm I, I'm, I'm, sorry Let's work on this. And then what's going to be your plan of action? And then you develop a plan of action to be able to to connect and stay connected.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been talking to Dr. Mark Strong. He's the author of Church for the Fatherless, a ministry model for society's most pressing problem. And, Dr. Strong, we haven't talked so much about your book today forgive us but and when we come back to the next segment we want to spend the time really talking about the upcoming father shift conference that you're leading uh so prepare to give take us there but before i leave let me just read about, about what what this book is about in in for dr strong and it says the quest of this book is threefold first i want to help you as a pastor or a leader to gain a deeper understanding of the problems surrounding the issue of fatherlessness second I want to share some practical and doable ways your church, ministry, organization can serve the fatherless. Third, I want to inspire and encourage you to engage in and be a part of God's answer to fulfill the fatherless void. Together, in Christ, we can address this critical problem in the lives of the fatherless. This is Motivation with a Purpose. You can certainly get that book at Amazon and anywhere, any nice uh, bookstore out there. And we'll be right back with Dr. Mark Strong as we talk about the father shift conference in seattle washington
0: it's time for more motivation with a purpose radio on talkzone.com now back to your hosts, rich hallstrom and
1: zeke bambolo welcome back to motivation with a purpose i'm rich hallstrom my co-host zeke bambolo is right by my side once again, our guest is Dr. Mark Strong, and he is the author of Church for the Fatherless. Yes,
2: yes where well, I want to go with this. Uh, we will we will just um, ask the question for you to kind of bring us into what is the Father Shift Conference
0: all about, please. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, the Father Shift Conference is a, a conference that desires to bring a shift to the fatherless culture. Um, that, that we live in. And so basically there's two, two things that we, that we uh, prayerfully want to see happen at the Father Shift Conference. One is we want to uh, allow people to experience the love of the ultimate Father, which is God. And so people that w- will come that have maybe a father wound in their heart, their life, uh, maybe they've grown up with, uh, something they've wrestled with, that they can experience God's healing and God's grace for that father wound uh, even people that ha- that, that feel distant from God, uh, are desires that they can draw close to the Father and know that how much He loves them, how much He cares about them. So we want people to be able to experience God the Father. Secondly, we want to, uh, uh, have a time where people can be equipped. So, uh, whether that's the person that has a desire to want to mentor people that are, uh, that have no father, uh, single moms raising kids by themselves, uh, dads that desire to be better fathers want to be equipped them to be able to do that. Uh, how, do, how does your, ch- how can your church engage in, uh, ministry to the fatherless? How your community can engage in ministry to the fatherless? So we'll have a number of different workshops that will give people hands on tools to be able to engage with the issue. So, uh, two words, e- experience and then also equipping. And we have some wonderful speakers that will be there to, they're just passionate about the issue, but then also have, I've uh, been doing some very, very good work.
2: Yeah, give it, give us some insight into those speakers, please. Go ahead and give us some insight into some of who those speakers are, please.
0: Uh, well, Pastor Judith Smith from uh, City Church will be speaking. Uh, Dr. Ken Canfield will be one of our uh, main speakers. Uh, Dr. Canfield is probably one of the foremost uh, researchers uh, slash practitioners on the issue of fatherhood. Uh, Dr. Canfield has been like a pioneer in the field for, for many, many, many years, and so he'll be sharing... Um, a couple sessions, uh, uh, Pastor Reggie Witherspoon will be sharing. Um, uh, myself, I'll be speaking. And then we have a number of different uh, people that will be doing workshops. will be very, very good as well.
1: Dr. Strong, if I'm a mom or a single parent who uh, hears about this conference, what am I going to experience there?
0: Well, you're, you're going you're to experience um, God's affirmation in your life. And then also you, you'll you be able to come away with some tools that will be able to help you uh, to uh, parent your child, that they will they will give you some maybe some ideas or maybe connect you to some different resources. The conference is broken up basically into three, se- three sessions. So that Thursday night, November the 14th, uh, the conference is November the 14th through the 16th. So the first night, the 14th, that Thursday is for women only. And so we'll deal with the issues that are specific to women as it relates to fatherlessness. So you're raising a child by yourself, um, you know, some of the struggles you have with that. Or once again, we said if you've, if you've had a wound or, you know, you've been hurt by uh, a, a, a male figure in your life, we believe that God will bring healing, you know, or start, at least start that process. So then that's for the women. Then Friday night is men only, and we deal kind of the same thing where uh, men can come and they can find healing and find God's grace then that Saturday will be a combination of both men and women, and that will be our time for tooling and equipping, and there will be something for everyone to uh, to get out of that. So our prayer is that that shift would be made on some level and some place uh, in a person's mm. life.
2: That's that's terrific. I like how you've broken it down into into components there with the the male and female genders. Uh, Dr. Strong, what I want you to do for us as well, because sometimes history tells us how great something could be in the future as well. And you did a similar uh, 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 conference in Portland, Oregon last year, I believe. Can you give us some insight into what happened there? What gave you the the motivation to think that this is something that should be moving from maybe even from a future city to city to city? So tell us about Portland, please.
0: Yeah. Well, in Portland, you know, basically, you know, you, you have a heart for your own city and definitely have a heart for the issue. So we, we had a had the conference here in Portland last year and it was just beautiful to watch the Lord work. So for our women's night only, it was just amazing to see uh, just many women uh, experiencing and embracing God's grace and just God's touch up on their life. Um, I'm, you, you, you could just see, you know, the healing uh, flowing in their hearts and their lives as they, as they opened up and they, as they cried out. I'm talking, you know, black, white, uh, middle age, seniors, college age. I mean, just the whole spectrum. Uh, to see God just address that need and and to speak and to uh, affirm and to heal and to bless those lives was just was just wonderful. Um, the other day, I was uh, I have two daughters and I was taking them to, the, to the beauty store to buy some supplies and. There was one young lady that was there uh, that was working behind the counter, and she was like, "Oh, I came to the conference last year, and that was just such a blessing." And she was just sharing how, you know, her dad had never been a part. Her dad had never been a part of her life, and just how that, how at least that addressed up in her that you know I'm, I'm not by myself, and I'm not the only one, and my pain that I'm experienced is not just by something I caused or whatever. So. Those type of things. And with the men, we saw the same kind of situation. I told the story. I think Zeke I said this the other day when I was in Seattle. When I was talking about there's a, there was a guy from Alabama. He's a black guy from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's sitting next to a young white guy. And so uh, we're talking about these issues. All of a sudden, the young white guy puts his head in this guy's chest, and he's just sobbing. And uh, the guy came. to me, he he's, he's explaining this to me. He says, you know, I didn't know what to do. He says, here it is. This guy, I don't even know him. This white guy, he's got his head in my chest. He's sobbing and crying. I said, Well, what do you do? I said, What did you do? He says, When I realized, you know, uh, what was going on, I just, for whatever reason, I just start sobbing and crying with him. And so here it is, just the opportunity. That, I mean, that's God working on, working on hearts and bringing healing and bringing grace. Um, I know there's a young Hispanic kid. I got a letter from, uh, from, uh, his youth pastor. They were from another city. And the youth pastor, uh, Wrote and He said, "Listen, what happened in that kid's life? You have no idea. This kid was uh, just troubled, and a lot of the reason was because of his dad. But he said the kid is doing great, and just that, just in a couple minutes, that kid encountered God the Father, and it just mm. transformed his life. So we 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 just believe that, you know, that that God will meet and at least you know plant a seed or give a ray of hope, you know, or just give a uh, give a uh, like the scripture says in Job." that if a tree is cut down at the scent of water, it will bud and it will flourish again. So at least God will give a scent of rain so that people that are hurting can be uh, ministered to and then also have the tools to be able to go out and do something to make a difference as well, too.
2: That was wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, I don't want to forget before we slip up on this, tell us a little bit about the different locations because I believe you have a very, very locations on where the women's event compared to the men's and then the times as well. Can you share some light on that, please?
0: Yes. So the, uh, uh, the, the website is to register, you go to Father Shift, Fathershift, F-A-T-H-E-R-S-H-I-F-T, fathershift.org. And so the women's portion is going to be held at, uh, Emerald Bible Fellowship uh, in Seattle. And then the men's part on that Friday will be held at the City Church in Kirkland, Washington. And then Saturday, uh, the joint session will be held at the City Church uh, in Kirkland, Washington. And so if you want more information, just go to the website, uh, fathershift.org, and you can write, register there. The conference is free, so uh, we, we want people to come. We're not we're not charging. And uh, the reason why I want you to register because we have like a packet we want to give to people uh, and so we want to kind of have an idea of how many of those packets we need to have prepared to be able to do that. But mm-hmm. I encourage you to come, you know, bring somebody with you. You know, maybe if you're a leader that, that's listening and, and uh, you have a group of people, uh, you know, bring that group with you. We had people last year that, uh, you know, pastors that came that brought, you know, all their men's group or all their women's group. And so uh, I think the more people you can, they, that you can uh, have exposed this, the better. And let me just say this to uh, Zeke and Rich. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But but this is what I say. I, I'm like you, Zeke. I grew up in a great family. Uh, my grandfather was awesome. My dad is awesome. And I've had, uh, you know, awesome uncles that were always there involved in every area of our lives. So as far as from a male perspective, we were totally, we were fine. But the reality of it is if, if I'm a believer and a follower of Christ and, I, and, and, I, and I'm going to live a missional life, then people that I'm going to come in contact with, someone's going to be infected, affected by this issue. So if I want to be equipped to be able to make a difference, this is something that will help you uh, in your uh, sphere of influence to be an effective uh, uh, minister, an effective witness uh, for Christ to a broken world.
1: Dr. Strong, what, is, what does it mean to you to see someone's life changed by the work that you're doing right now?
0: Oh, I think that it just—it, uh, it, it, I can say it—you know—it it means the world to me. I mean, that's why—that's why I live. I think my life is two purposes. One, the first purpose is just to love God and to walk with Him. Then my second purpose of my life is, you know, uh, to make a difference in the lives of people. And so when I see a person's life that's changed and transformed, I mean that's that. There's no greater joy. There's just no greater joy.
1: Thank you very much for appearing on the show today. Once again, our guest, Dr. Mark Strong, the author of Church for the Fatherless. And join us next week right here on Talk Zone for another exciting edition of Motivation with a Purpose.